it's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Live from the Reisman Recording Room, it is day 10 of Detroit Lions training camp. We are here with our daily podcast, breaking down every single practice. It is Thursday, I'm pretty sure. My name is Jeremy Reisman. I'm the producer <laughs> at Pride of Detroit. With me, as always, uh, on our very first take of this podcast, not our fifth take, uh, Eric Schlitt is here. How are we doing, Eric? Hey, buddy. I, it is Thursday. Um, I got that part. And it is day 10. And uh, no one can tell us otherwise. So, yeah, exciting day for the fans. Um, basically, they ran their uh, Ford Field, uh, you know, like scrimmage, quote yeah. unquote, right? A lot of game action for the fans. And uh, they're trying to basically set themselves up for, you know, eight days from now, which is going to be their uh, first preseason game. Yeah. Joint practices short before that, too. So mm-hmm. plenty of excitement coming this way. And, uh, yeah, today was was a nice little kind of kickoff to all that. Um, but before we get into what our, uh, what we saw out there, our, our main observations, do a little injury uh, recap here. Uh, to start with, I think the, the best news to come out of the day was Trinity Benson, who was injured last practice, appears to have avoided a major injury. Dan Campbell said, um, you know, maybe just miss a week or two. Mm-hmm. Um you know, he, he's going to need that because he was fir- firmly, I think, in the thick of things for that maybe wide receiver five or six spot. So the fact that he's only going to miss a little time is, is huge for him. Yeah. I mean, hopefully it's a week and not two. Right. Um, if it ends <laughs> Not a up, lot of time. Yeah. If it ends up being two, I wonder if they'll start being um, creative with their um, kind of roster gymnastics and try and find a way to like – IR him or something or get him with designated injury or I, you know, I don't know. It's, a, it's, he was, he was in the mix. I agree with you. Um, so good news there. Um, also not, not so good news for Iffy, right? I mean, yeah, we, we didn't get an answer why he was missing practice. The Detroit Free Press is reporting it's a knee injury. We don't know how serious it is, but again, missing from practice, didn't see him at the, all on the sidelines either. So it's usually not a great sign. Um, Frank was also not there. But, yeah. but again, it feels like it's probably baby-related. So Yeah, not even a question in the presser. So that's yeah. usually a strong mm-hmm. indicator uh, that, that's, that we're on the right path there. Yep. Um, other than that, uh, you know, Emmanuel Mosley still out, still on PUP, uh, still working presumably in the facility. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the, the bad news today, another, another line carted off for the third time in camp. Uh, this time it's Jaron Williams, cornerback. Um, Undrafted, or no, I'm sorry, not an undrafted guy, a second year guy, but yeah, um, he, he primarily played special teams last season. He was yeah. like active two or three games, um, but it was only special teams related. They were giving him another shot. He's got a lot of speed, but he was uh, mostly repping with the threes. So yeah. uh, tough, tough uh, injury for him, though. Yeah. But all right, let's uh, let's get into kind of our over, overall observations of uh, I guess we'll call it the, the scrimmage practice. Mm-hmm. Um, my, I guess my first overall thing is just like. That de- the defense continues to be ahead of the offense in a way mm-hmm. that it's, it doesn't even seem that even. Like, they've traded days in camp before. And, mm-hmm. and in fact, I, I would even say yesterday was maybe a good day for the offense. But today, 
it was almost all defense. It really feels like the offense really didn't get going until they started doing some situational work and they're starting on, you know, the opponent's side of the field. Yeah, so for, for those who weren't there, the basic layout is is they're doing like a scrimmage type format where the offense is trying to move the ball down the field. Um, the first group up was the first team offense versus the second team defense. Um, they were actually moving the ball pretty good, but then a uh, a uh, Jared Goff pass uh, where he fit the ball in a tight window to Laporte, it bounces off his hands, and then Savion Smith gets an interception. So... That ends in favor of in favor of the defense. Then we they kind of flipped it second team offense versus first team defense. Um, and then when we got to see the ones versus the ones, it was like you said heavily defense. Yeah. Um, Hutchinson got a sack right on the first play. Uh, then we saw a Montgomery run, and then we another play where Hutchinson probably should have been credited with the sack. Um, or I'm sorry, he he was close enough. They credited him with they another did, yeah. sack. It, yeah, yeah it might have been a little early on that whistle, but then um, Broderick Martin gets a tackle for loss. Um, Sutton, Sutton, Sutton gets, gets a PBA. PBA right. Then uh, Kirby Joseph gets a tackle for loss, and it's just like boom, 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 and the, and the entire series, you know, like offense completes a big pass to St. Brown for like 25 yards, which keeps them alive. Yep. Uh, but then the whole series ends with uh, Alex Anzalone almost picking off uh, Jared Goff in the end zone on what was a fourth down play. Anzalone kind of baited him a little bit, yep. dove. Uh, a little bit of debate between the media whether he had it or not. Uh, we were about as close as you could be, and I think both of us thought he it hit the ground. But regardless, it was uh, the end of the series in favor of the defense again. So the first like two outings for the off first team offense, not. Great, uh, but yeah, I agree with you. When it got into that situational work, first team offense looked a lot uh, better. You started seeing um, them get more creative with their running back usage. You started seeing them um, utilize Panay Sewell a little bit off platform from what they're used to doing with sure. him, pulling them, uh, slipping them out, getting them uh, out on blocks. Uh, at at one point, it was. Uh, him versus a defensive back with uh, Jameer Gibbs running behind him. And that was fun to watch. Yeah. So, like, you started to see more of that as practice went on. But it seems like the offense continues to kind of start slow um, in practices. But the defense is kind of ready to go right off the jump. And um, they, they, they've been pretty good throughout. And it's another day where we have a lot of positive uh, – you know, attributes attributed to the defense. But on offense, there was probably only like a handful of guys that really made like big plays. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm looking at every drive that the first team offense had that was successful. And almost every single one is is, is kind of energized by an Amon Ra catch. Yeah. Like the key play in every yeah. single drive is an Amon Ra mm-hmm. catch, whether it's, you know, he had a good touchdown pass with Chase Lucas and really, really tight coverage, a really impressive catch there. Mm-hmm. Um you know, he 15-yard post, 16-yard, like... 18-yard seam. Yeah, yeah, it's just like he's all over the place. So yeah. another big day for him, which I don't even know if that, that like counts as news at this point. Yeah, maybe <laughs> it should because he's, con- you know, when when the defense is doing well and, and, and shutting down a lot of other passing lanes and stuff like that, he continues to produce. Like he had a – his touchdown that he caught was him leaning one way – and Jared Goff throwing behind him yeah. to keep it away from the defender, yep. which is the proper throw. But but St. Brown was leaning 
heavily the wrong direction, but was still able to reach back and just snag that ball. I mean, yeah. Chase Lucas was blanketing him, yep. and he still managed like just with just. Like it was almost like his he he managed to freeze his body in that awkward lean and his arms just moved and and, and got it. It was awfully impressive. Um, I thought Montgomery looked a little stronger as well. Um, we saw a, a him score a touchdown on like a short yardage run after St. Brown kind of set him up. Yeah, it was kind of a um, cheeky play too because they didn't. It was it was a situational drill. They mm-hmm. didn't. Have, I think they didn't have any timeouts left. Maybe they had one timeout. Left. Um, um, they did. Yeah. So so they. So but there they, were, I think it was like eight seconds left correct. and five yards away from the goal line and with one timeout. With one timeout. Yeah, and so they they decided to run essentially like a draw. Yep. To because they had that they had that timeout banked, and so the defense has to play the pass because that's what most offenses are going to do but with that extra timeout and being that short distance and having the offensive line that you have right. they decided to take a run um, they basically did a like a like a block down and then Hutchinson or no, I'm sorry not Hutch, uh, Graham Glasgow yeah. targeted Hutchinson as the outside uh, Graham was Expecting to take on Panay, um, but then Glasgow kind of got him from the from an angle and um, just created a lane. And, and once he created that lane, uh, Montgomery saw it and ran right through it, no yeah. problem. And then they got the score. Aiden was expecting Panay. Graham got him. Just Sorry. to clarify. Oh, thank <laughs> you. <laughs> but uh, Sorry. but the the funny thing about that drive, and I can't give too many specifics here, but they were mm-hmm. down eight in this scenario, so they had to go for two. Mm-hmm. Let's just say they ran a trick play, yeah. and it did not work. Ali McNeil batted it down at the line. Aleem uh, had a sack today as well. Aleem yeah. uh, was just playing around up there. It, it was it was it was nice production from him. Well, let, yeah, let's talk about some of the defensive standouts since mm. it was such a defense heavy day. Um, yeah. Aleem had a good day. We, we've mentioned Aiden already a few times. Um, I thought Pascal, like Pascal to me is really starting to turn it on. He's big. Uh, he's, he's much big. bigger than he was last year. That's for sure. He, he had at least one sack, another pressure. I think a, a, a TFL as well. Um, again, a lot of these, they, they purposely imbalance them. Like you said, sometimes it's mm-hmm. first-team offense for second-team defense. A lot of times it's first-team defense for second-team offense. Mm-hmm. So it's it's slanted towards those first-teamers to, I don't know, give them a little morale boost or, or whatever it is. But um, he was he was one of my standouts. Who, who else on the defensive side of the ball? Romeo Wakawara. Yeah. I thought Romeo had yeah. a couple of sacks, a couple of TFLs. Um, Romeo... He's still running with the twos, yep. but he is, he's playing well. Um, it didn't matter. Like I have um, defensive line two versus uh, offense two. I have a sack. I have, uh, he, he was running with the first team defense against offense two. He got a tackle for loss. And then, because um, I think Hutch came in late on that one. And mm-hmm. so Romeo started the, the series and he produced on the first play. So like, <laughs> Romeo, he makes some nice flash plays. Um, you know, we mentioned Aleem. I think the secondary, the thing with the secondary is that it's not so much like one guy standing out as much as it's just a collective unit of confidence. Yeah. They seem to be working as one, which is really what the scheme is designed to be. And um, we saw them adapt in different situations Um pretty flawlessly and and they know what they're doing they know how they're supposed to adjust like if the if the offense runs uh pre-snap motion mm-hmm. you see them uh, adjusting and communicating and they're they're loud they're making sure everyone understands the assignment but it what's it's kind of neat because 
they're actually already starting. You're starting to see them move into position as they're talking. Like they're already, it's like the talking's coming after is right. like the double check. Right. Yeah. And so. I'm, gl- I'm glad you mentioned this too, because I mentioned, I, I you know, they send Amon on motion almost every play, yeah. right? Like they did that yeah. uh, last year. And I just remember seeing that last year and it's, you know, once that starts happening, everyone in the secondary is like yelling their head off, yeah. like getting people to move. And you're right. Like I saw there was one play today where it was by the red zone. They did that and it was just it was smooth. It, it, mm-hmm. People were talking, but it it didn't look as chaotic. Mm-hmm. They were right where they needed to be. And I felt like today there were a lot of coverage sacks. And I think it's it, at least two yeah, that I noted. Yeah, maybe <clears throat> maybe three. And, and once you get down to the red zone, especially, it just feels like the offense is really having a tough time getting someone open. Um, and I think a lot of that has to do, especially against those those ones on defense, because I think that communication is so good because it, it's because it, they don't even need the communication. Like you're saying, like yeah. the communication is coming secondhand. They know they still have to do it just in case. But everyone just feels like they know the scheme better. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's 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 shown up. We uh, what we saw out of that secondary was the same type of rotation that we've expected where you're having. Uh, Sutton and, and Jacobs on the outside, and then you're having a quadruple the safety tandem of Tracy, Kirby, Garner Johnson, and Branch basically rotate through three spots. Right. Uh, the first series we saw them when they were against this, the uh, the second team offense, it was Branch in the slot, Garner Johnson, and, and Kirby. But then when it went 1v1, they went back to their base set, which is Tracy, Kirby, and then Garner Johnson in the slot. So they're still utilizing those four guys through three positions. And, and it sure looks like that's going to be their preferred way of, of, of uh, attacking yeah. uh, offenses through the secondary. So, you know, the thing I like about this practice is it starts to reveal – how important guys are based on how they kind of try and match them up. And so we saw 32 get a lot of run. We saw uh, 87. We saw, you know, the earth. Yeah. So basically we're just naming rookie numbers. (laughs) Um, All the rookies were in those first or second teams and, and, and save, Antoine uh, Green, right. right? Even even Sorsdal, um was getting reps because with Vitae, I think they're so he was in with the ones right off the bat, and then they basically allowed Vitai to be replaced by Sorsdal. and then he was then um, Ausika took reps in in his place for another series, and then they went uh, back to Sorsdal, and then they went with Graham at right guard, and they had Pierschbacher at center, and then when they went to situational work to close out today, the they brought Vitai back in for the at situational work at the end, and so you're seeing like almost all of the rookies getting high level reps against the toughest competition uh, like I said except for green at this point and I think one of the reasons that we haven't seen green as much is because Mims continues to play well and um, I think Mims has kind of taken his spot uh, as kind of in that wide receiver six snaps right um, mm-hmm. we've seen him on end rounds we've seen him running short routes deep routes and um he got injured today and played through it yeah um Finger he, injury. In, injured on special teams and and, <clears throat> and then you know i think he might have i don't know if he missed the series or, or if he was back he, out there yeah, right? i think he missed yeah, a little bit but he yeah. might have yeah <clears throat> but he was back out there he finished today yep and um he was a guy who 
was getting targets, right? Um, On that second team, he was probably the preferred receiver. On that second team offense, I think the preferred running back was uh, Justin Jackson. He had arguably one of the better plays of the day with his wheel route. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know if it's arguably. It was a a 60-some yard touchdown where he shook Jack Campbell, which I think the the net is probably negative on that play. (laughs) But, but yeah, still nice to see, I guess, the offense. A perfect ball from from Sudfeld, too. Sudfeld. To me, it continues to look pretty solid. Yeah, I don't have any issues. Like, we haven't even heard whispers about Teddy Bridgewater, right? Yeah. Uh, since, and I think that goes to the confidence. Um, I'm trying to find out who uh, who he had in coverage. It doesn't matter. Um, it was it was a great play by Jackson. I thought he looked good on a couple of different plays. I think, I, you know, Sudfeld is, he looks capable, which is, I think, what you want. Yep. Uh, and those two guys, those or that trio of guys, I thought were amongst the better second team offensive players. As far as like defense, you know, I, I, I again, I, it's mo. If you're good enough to make an impact, they're working you in through that first team. Yep. They just are. It's just the way the defense rotates and stuff. So we're we're seeing Martin and Bugs and McNeil as your kind of interior three. We were seeing. Like you said, Pascal, um, along with John Kaminsky, mixing right. in with Harris and Hutchinson, and then Aqu- and then uh, Romeo Aquara yep. was getting in there as well. Saw James Houston in there at, at, at times as as well, which kind of speaks to how that depth is. Um, mentioned yesterday that Julian Aquara looks like he's got a tough road, and um, I think again today he was with the thirds exclusively, and it didn't. I mean, I don't don't know. I don't know what's going on exactly there. But it doesn't look like the Julian that started camp to me. And so um, I do think he's he's getting in trouble. Um, I'd like to say Christian Covington had a day where I noticed him, (laughs) Um, which is – I don't know if I could say for any of the other nine practices. He had, I think, a couple tackle for losses or, or, you know – Tackles for no game yeah. early in practice, um, which and, and he was repping sometimes with the twos, which is no a lot with the twos yeah. because yeah because <clears throat> with the with the ones being um, McNeil, Bugs, and Martin, yeah. the twos were Covington and Benito, right? And, and so like those two got a lot of rep with the twos pretty much all day, um, and they're going up against you know. Uh, well, because they cycled the offense, they're going up against a, a, a di- bunch of different offense. levels. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right off the bat, he was up against uh, Vitae and Glasgow. Right. And so, um, it's he's he's you can't rule him out, right? Like I think we we were looking at him and saying, "Man, I don't know how he's going to do," but right. um, he's still kind of in that mix and that D D tackle four spot. It seems up for grabs, um, but. The window's closing, you know, on these yeah. guys, right? Um, overall, it was it was a it was a really good day for the defense overall. Both first, uh, first and second teams, the offense, off first team offense clicked well late, yep. and uh, we saw a couple standouts on the second team. But again, I think we kind of know what the you know the who the offensive players are, and and because I think some of those defensive jobs are up to grabs, we're seeing a lot more cycling of guys and, and opportunities. Yeah, I also want to just throw out there too that I thought Sam Laporta had a pretty decent day. Caught one pass that was way behind him, and, and you know showed good mm. uh, hands there. Um, but I guess the last thing, as as always, a lot of kicks. You know, a lot of situations, yeah. so a lot of field goal kicks, and I would say a pretty solid day for both kickers here. Mm-hmm. Um, one miss just from both. Um, <clears throat> Uh, R- Romo missed from 53. 
Patterson missed from 45. Yep. Um, I had him at 11 and, tw- you know, Romo for 11 of 12, uh, Patterson at 12 of 13. But that is mixing in a bunch of extra points to probably like mm-hmm. three or four of those are extra points for each. Well, they're, they're look, it's, it's weird. If they kick three kicks, they they miss one. If they kick 13 kicks, they just miss one. Right. It's like every day they they come out and they both miss a kick and they hit <laughs> everything else. And that's pretty much the standard day for the kickers here in Allen Park. All right. I think that'll probably do it. Um, we're going to have much more in-depth notes on the website. So make sure you go to PrideDetroit.com. Check out Eric's observations and all other sorts of stories that we're going to get from a, a busy day at camp. Um, but we're going to take another day off here on Friday. Saturday, we'll be right back at it. So stick to it. We'll be right back here on the Pride Jury Podcast. See you in a couple days. 